Hello everyone and welcome to the Grumpy Surfer podcast. I'm your host, Ads Lyson. On the podcast today, I have a British surfing legend. He is one of the UK's best surfboard shapers and has been shaping, glassing, painting, finishing and anything else you can do with surfboards over the last two decades. Plus, he also absolutely rips. My guest also has the type of mind I love talking to because the guy has so much perspective on life and surfing, it is unreal. So please enjoy a grumpy surfer conversation with a UK surfboard shaping legend, Luke Young. Luke Young, welcome to the Grumpy Surfer podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Right. Yeah, yeah, super good, mate. Good. Uh, and uh, thank you for allowing me to come down to your shop and, uh, and talk to you. Not a problem. It's, it's uh, breaks the monotony of being on my own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. You're yeah. super busy at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And as I'm led to believe, so is everybody. Um, every board builder in the UK after the you know the, the current situation, you know, it's um it's unbelievable. It's great. It, it's it's quite horrible to say when someone asks you you know how, how's business going and stuff and you go oh it's never been busier than that because i know full well people have lost their jobs you know so it's a strange one um but yeah strangely it, it is ridiculously busy yeah crazy were, you, busy. were you getting a lot of orders um you know during the covid period as well when i did yeah away? the first um when uh, bj said um Go home, you know, stay at home, don't go to work, especially if your job isn't necessary and stuff. I, I did, did my bit, shut the door, went home. Um, not going to lie, when I did shut the factory door, I did wonder, because nobody knew what was going on, I did wonder, was that it, you know? Uh, it was fine whilst it lasted. Um, but then I got home, I was home for the, I don't know, maybe a week, two weeks, something like that. And then the phone started to, it stopped for a bit, which was a panic, but, you know, it wasn't just me. The whole country had sort of shut down. But then the phone started to ring and people were saying it was kind of the same old, the same story. Um, you know, I know you're not at work at the moment, but can I order a board? I'm sort of bored, you know, and, and I guess if someone's been sat there scrolling through, you know, videos and whatever on their phone and stuff, you know, the, the, the spark is there to still go surfing. Um, so yeah, it, 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 and it kind of, it kept just escalating, you know, which is great. And I kept saying, look, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but I don't know when I'm back at work yet. And yeah, that's fine. It's fine. So yeah, the, the, there was an order book started to build up then. Um, yeah. And, and it, it kept going, which was, which was quite, um, quite a bonus considering I thought that was, you know, possibly it, you know. What side, what type of boards were people looking at to get? Everything. 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 It literally, I think, um, I don't know. I think maybe some people ordered or some sort of different things than they usually ride because it gave them a bit of time to actually sit down and uh, and actually do some homework on what they maybe did want to ride or, or you know whatever. And they thought, well, you know what? Let's let's try something different now. I've got time. Um, but other people are just like I've now got the time to sit and and speak to you and you know renew my quiver. You know, like, there was a couple of people had like three boards at a time, yeah, because they'd had those three boards that I built them don't know when um and life's busy everyone's got their jobs and they're in it but now they had that time when they sat down thought right let's go but no it was absolutely everything anything and everything you know yeah do you see a trend at the moment though i mean obviously you, you've been shaping boards for a, for a very long time mm-hmm. you know have have you seen the trends where you know people might have had like the the, the classic you know 90s um 
CT wear, they'd have like a, a 6.0 that's 18 wide and then it's like, you know, less than two inches thick yeah. or stuff no, like that. Rocket like a Turkish slipper. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, no, I wouldn't say trends have changed as such. There are still, there are still those guys who are shortboard through and through. You know, you, you cut them in half and like the rings say shortboard all the way through like a tree but there are still those but then I think I don't think it's as much trend as it's just reality you know um, for instance I'm, I'm, I'm 5 foot 7 and 10 stone um, and back along that as you just reeled out there my board was every single board was 6 0 18 and a quarter 2 and a quarter short board you know 3 fins in it. And, and it was how it was for donkey's years now I'm now 42 um, and I don't surf anywhere near as much as I used to because I'm 42 and I've got businesses and kids and this and the other. Um, but now my go-to is five foot seven. You know, had you said to me back along then, when you're 42, you'd be riding a five seven, I'd have laughed. It's all just come down to rockers have changed. The, um, the, sort of, the fish uh, era came back um, and then everyone realized, actually, yeah, how much faster you can go on a less rockered board um, so that's what's happened now is that you, I'm shaping a lot, lot, lot less of those, like you said, like those CT boards, um, because those boards with that rocker, it's still there. It's still, you know, I've got some in the racks there ready to go, but that board has to, has to, has to suit a certain type of surfer. That person who is, is, you know, attacking that wave right in the pocket there all the time. And they've got the ability to keep the thing planed and, you know, and, and hitting the lip and that. Whereas boards have generally, even those boards to a degree, have gone less rockered. You know, an, an average Joe, uh, use the term Lucy, I don't mean that nasty, I mean, you know, just every everyday guy still on, um, who, who is a short boarder, and like myself, um, still short board shape, you know, pointy nose, rounded square tails, only, but it's slightly wider at 12 inches in the nose. It's slightly wider at 12 inches in the tail. Um, and that rocker's flatter. That rocker between, like in the trunk, as you'd say, from the shoulders down to the knees, where you're laying, that which which is in the water, vast majority of the time, that's flatter because it's quicker. It skims across the water quicker, especially if you don't live somewhere where every day it's three to four foot and round. You know, and you you need you know you, you need boards to suit the waves you're surfing. So that's I don't know. Yeah, I guess I don't think you know, it's not a trend. It's it's just it's. Um, it's not even technology. What would you call it? It's just um, experimentation has gone on. Innovation moving Inno with the thank times. You. There we go. Innovation exactly. And even if you look at blokes, I mean, I use him as an example because I do. I like. I've always watched. I always like watching the bloke surf, and I like listening to the bloke talk. But if you take Mick Fanning into in, example, he is, was, and is legit. He is that person, you know. Um, and now, if you look at the boards that he's doing with with Darren Hanley, again, I hold I hold Darren Hanley very very highly. Um, those boards that they're doing, they're like real, real flat in the middle, you know. Because and, and even you know even there's you know Mick will generally surf like snapper rocks or something, which has got what, what he calls a grovel surf. We would call that the best day of the year, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know. But yeah. and and um and the and the but the rockers are still a lot lower. Because you've got speed on tap, you know what I mean? And it is a hell of a lot easier to slow a surfboard down than it is to speed one up. So if you've got speed on tap straight off the bat, then you can actually surf. You're, you can concentrate on surfing rather than concentrating on keeping the thing going, you know? But yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's, yeah tr that, that's, how, that's how it, things have changed, you know? And it's really, really nice with my, with my job 
that that has changed that because you now have people coming back and saying, "Oh my god, my god, that thing is so quick. That is so good. I'm 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 surfing now. I've wanted to surf for a long time." And it's not because I'm um, anything special. It's just because I've gone move with the times, um, and I like to. I know I like to go fast in the water too, um, and you know, and listening to people as well. You know, because it's, it's ninety. Let's say it's probably ninety eight percent custom in, in in the factory. You know, that's what I do. I listen to people, and I have done for a very long time, um, and. And it kind of works, you know. I'm going to say that's my job, but it works. You yeah. know, if someone says I've had this bit of a problem, I can't. I want to get there and that. And then there's there's things you can iron out. But the 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 rocker is really the main, yeah. It is the main thing that has changed since yeah since those the the K board wasn't it? The, 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 the channel liners Kelly Slater board, like you said. I think it was like one and seven eighths in the middle. They were 17 ridiculous. and three quarters wide and unbelievable. I, I think when I started surfing, like when I was 14, I had this, I think it was a Welsh brand called Tombstone. That they no, made. Tombstone are from, um, they're they're from Penzance. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah. 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 The reason why I say that is because Tombstone's uh, emblem is like a, um, a Gaelic cross, isn't that's it? That's right, yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, and it had one of those on it, so it must, but that was like, 95 96 maybe right yeah anyway this board was your classic cliche i'd read the magazines and stuff as like right i'm gonna get enough i've read like a surfboard and i've seen people i've seen people riding down the beach i've seen kelly slayer right that that must be the way to go have they got it i caught fucking yeah, nothing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally sat up to your tits yeah. in the water and, and then it cold. wasn't until i got older and i realized well actually do you know what volume's your friend and mm. and and then mm. you know started to develop it, it mm. from there yeah do you um have you ever looked at uh dan thompson's you know designs um, you know the Tomo ones, oh, with the yeah. yeah, with the modern playing the holes. Mm, and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I got quite pesty um, with looking at shapes and designs mm. and stuff. It really interested me, you yeah. know, especially because I've saw the, I've seen all of these channel bottoms before. Never really understood it too much because right. there's quite a lot of concept that goes into it, mm-hmm. where how much of the rail pulls into the water and yeah. how much water distributes it out and you've got your double, triple, mm-hmm. quad concaves and all that mm-hmm. to give you... Which lead into that channel. Yeah, which, which lead into there, which yeah. gets you up onto the plane mm-hmm. plane um, quicker, which yeah. is kind of where his concepts come from, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because yeah. he wants a shorter, fatter, more volume board to get up onto the plane quicker like a windsurfer would do yeah. if you've got a big wide yeah, board yeah, there yeah and then you're able to maneuver and, mm. and do what you want quicker can't mm. you yeah but yeah do you ever look at things like that yeah I, that was that happened here um obviously tomo's taken it to, to another level and stuff but that whole shorter wider flatter thing happened here um i think that really for me that came off the back of uh um, matt biolis when he did the um I think it was they called it the rocket it was basically like a six six with the nose and the tail cut off so the, the flatter part of that board was was left you know and i think what was it called that i think that he did a video called five five by 19 by two and a half or something it was it's is that there. the one where it was supposed to have been like this is the new airboard exactly is that the one yeah, yeah 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 that that thing there but that then there was a whole everything went really short then you know really really short um now it was to start with, it was all good. It was fine, but then cracks started to appear. For me, I mean, like I said, I'm, 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 I'm not um, 
by any means. Well, actually, I am comparing myself to, to um, Matt Barlow. So he does his thing, I do my thing. But I found, because of my height, I found I was riding like a 5'2 or a 5'4. Um, which, again, like I said, going back to when I, you know, from when I rode a 6'0, and a quarter, that's massively smaller. Um, but it didn't really work for me. I found, um, I guess probably because I surf a lot more junkier waves than than the boys in California did. That I found it quite, um, what I called it, I, I like to call it like over the handlebars. Every time I go to paddle, um, there wasn't a lot stopping the board rock nose to tail, not just rail to rail. It was in the nose to tail issue I had a problem with. And, and that by doing that was pushing water. And I was, I noticed sort of going up and over the falls a bit more um, than I generally would. Um, so I then backpedaled, personally backpedaled, and, and I'm now on a surfboard which is the same height as me, um, and it works perfectly. You know, I, I think I, uh, and I do say this to a lot of customers, and, and, it, and it's coming to fruition very much so. Like, if your board is your height, give or take an, up, an inch up, inch down, because some people like slightly shorter, some people like, like, like slightly longer. And when you stand on that board, your, your gait, your span of your legs, kind of spans where you need to be you know if you think that's you know you think someone on a skateboard you're you're literally centered over ever so slightly back from the center on that thing you know whereas a surfboard obviously it's longer um you can't be quite as centered but the shortboard you know that, that tiny tiny sort of pluggy shortboard thing it really did it helped i mean it, it didn't do my surfing any favors and most people have come out of that now and got like i said gone back to a slightly longer board but not what they were as long, long as they were riding before um, but also that was the same time was when like we just spoke about when that flatter rocker came in and it was like right okay yeah that flatter rocker but can we keep that similar that rocker but make it slightly longer you know um, so that's where that all happened with me but it has kind of come back along again it hasn't gone to as long as we were riding before but it has come come back a little bit and, and the, 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 the proof's in the pudding if you look at any CT contest or ever or, or QS contest at the moment, the very vast majority, well, say everyone, is riding like we said, like I said earlier on, that pointy nose rounded square tail. It's just slightly shorter and, and wider than they were back along. Yeah, like I said, I got I got quite pesty, and uh, I was I was researching. It was bigger guys really, uh, you know. I don't really want to be doing like name dropping and stuff, but I was looking at like you know your Gabriel Medina's boards, mm. Jordy Smith's. Oh, they're big, but they're big, they're, they're big lads, boards. but yeah, they're yeah. thick. Yeah, and and uh, I read, I think it was either I listened to an interview that uh, Gabriel Medina did with Mick Fanning. They were talking about um, board thickness, mm. and uh, and Medina surfs a lot thicker board than you would think. Mm. And it, and it is, you know, all the volumes like in the cent, like in the central part of the board, and then it's, you know, t- t- tapered down, it's yeah, foiled yeah, down. Yeah. But when you look at it, and it's almost kind of like those surfboards where there is hidden volume in there, mm-hmm. that's basically what it is. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it, you think it's just like the classic cliche, what we were just talking about, yeah. you know, the little pointy thin things where it's not actually, there's loads of volume yeah. in it, yeah. and he's able to get into a wave nice and early, set himself up and, you know, do what he does. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Plus he's got the power in him to be able to turn that. There, There is a story, I, I'm not, don't quote me on it, but I've been told a couple of times, but um, there is a story that obviously... Mick Fanning has been with Darren Hanley since day dot. 
and Mick was then back along, known as the albino spider monkey, you know, when he you know, just like a, like a rubber band. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and it was you know, wonderful to watch. But then Mick got really good at surfing and then Mick put weight on and so forth. But Mick really liked that thickness of board. And uh, this is hearsay. I've heard it from a couple of people. I, I've never actually heard it from the horse's mouth as such, from Darren's mouth. But there was a time where he said something to Mick about going thick on his boards and he was like, no, 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 I don't want to ride, it's, it's, it's fine. Whatever. Anyway, and Darren, the next batch Darren made for Mick, he made them that thick, thicker, but he wrote that thinner. Look, Mick, like, yeah. and he apparently he got them and he literally went to town on them and came out going, oh, were these the best <laughs> boards ever? And then he Darren turned and said, yeah, that's because there's an eighth more in them or, or ever much yeah, more. Yeah. And he was a bit, raw, and then off it goes, you know, and then he just got bigger and so forth. But that's, you know, that, exactly. I mean, that, that, that goes to show, that goes to show a really, really, really good relationship between, um, let's say Medina, because you said Medina, um, and Geordie Smith and their shapers, that you're able to make that board still, you know, still perform at the rail, which it needs to do, you know, so you don't need big, thick, clunky, great things in that, but perform when he's paddling. Because it's not just, you know, and the more crowded the waves are you surfing, it's not just about how you, you know, early you can get into waves and this and that. It's kind of about competing as well now, you know, getting yourself back in position. I mean, again, I, I'm, you know, I had a, a revelation recently and I'm, you know, I'm a tiny streak of seagull piss, you know, it's not, there's nothing of me. But recently I've realised that I've gone up a whole eighth in thickness in my boards. And it's, if I wasn't a surfboard shaper and I went to somebody, I think it would have taken quite a while to decipher that, actually, no, mate, you need a thicker board. Um, I'm, I've never floated, you know, if I lay in the water, it's not a good trait to, for a surfer really, but if I lay in the water, I can lay in a swimming pool or the sea with people around me just going, oh, isn't this lovely, laying on their backs with their arms <laughs> out and their legs out. And, they, and I'm trying to do it, my legs go down and it drags my body down. And I, you know, for years I've thought, well, I'm just not doing it right. And then after a while I just thought, no, I think. Um, and then because of that, I, you know, I said I'm 42, but this, this epiphany only kind of happened, I don't know, two years ago maximum. Um, so my boards are now two and three eighths, not two and a quarter. And I'm just... They feel, weirdly, they just, they feel better under my arm and in my hand. Um, and I think, well, I know, psychology really does come into, it does come into surfing. You know, it really does. If you know what you've got under your arm is going to work and work really well, you kind of tend to have a, you're going to have, unless it's really, really wrong or whatever, you, you're going to have a better surf. Like you said about that, the team stone board, not taking anything away from it, it was just wrong for you. Mm. You know? Um, well, I knew nothing as well. <laughs> This is it. And once your brain, you know, once you've realised that and you can work out what it is you really, really need, it's all good. But yeah, I, I, I've got that bit thicker. And it's, like I said, I can, um, my strength to weight ratio has always been pretty good because I've surfed for years and I haven't grown since I was about 12. So therefore, you know, it's, can't tell. <laughs> you know, so my strength to weight's always been okay. Um, but that just, I was just happier just being a little bit up in the water um, and again I've got no like you said Medina I've got no problems turning a board that's thicker you know in fact I find it better because I it didn't when I went up in this thickness it, my board didn't drift and I was noticing especially on my forehand when I got up and I was I was pumping up and down the face as I come to the the, the main 
uh, twitch from the pump as I was coming off my back foot. I could just feel the back of my board it was just slightly drift a little bit. Not enough to sort of kick me off or anything like that, but I, could, I just knew there was something odd. Um, and what happened was, and I don't mind saying this because, you know, the best the best things in life come out of mistakes, don't they? Um, I've had these two, I had my magic board, it was that good. I ran someone over in France on it last summer, it wasn't my fault. I, I'd hucked myself into this right that was then peeling over my head and turns out just in front of me is a guy from, I think he turned out to be from Southampton, just like standing up to the, just over his knees in the water holding his board just looking at, his head, looking at me shaking his head and I'm doing Mach 5 in this glassy cylinder and I, he just kind of went south and I went over the top and so my board didn't come out of it too good and it had uh, like uh, marks from being in a bike rack on that and but it was just magic and I kept this board for ages because it was just magic so then when I thought you, you know it, it's not it needs you know needs changing I built another one and it just wasn't the same it was drifting as I was pumping and it was just drifting. Weirdly, it was electric on my backhand, but on my forehand, it was there was this little drift. I guess I was maybe humping a little bit more through my legs. And I brought it home and I had them both out in the driveway and I was measuring everything else. Honestly, absolutely everything. Just screwing myself up. Everything was exactly the same, exactly the same. And I couldn't work it out and I'd put it down to, I don't know, I'd put it down to the different roll of cloth I'd glassed in, the different barrel of resin I'd glassed in, yeah. the different three different pieces of wood down the middle of it. Yeah, you know, everything I was throwing at it because I it, it measured the same, you know. I thought, oh, this? Then I bought Old Faithful uh, Beta in the factory because it needed a bit of, well, it needed quite a lot of ding repair after what I'd put it through. And I just put my calipers across it and it was an eighth of an inch thicker than I thought it was. Oh, really? And that's a big mistake for a shaper to make. I won't just, just no, I won't make any mistake with that. With any <laughs> Thankfully, it was on my board. Yeah. Um, but I, it, something had happened, and, and it was, it was this, an, an eighth, a, a complete eighth thicker. And I was literally skipping around the factory because I'd worked it out. Because I spent, um, I spent a little while not surfing so much because, you know, excuse me, that's my phone. That's not very professional, is it? Um, I spent a long time, you know, I've, I've got, you know, I've got my business, I have, I have two children, um, one of them goes to school 10 miles away from the other one, and, you know, there's a lot of running around, and, and my wife's self-employed as well, and it's just a stage of life right, where I don't surf as much as I used to, I don't surf as much as I'd like to, I'm getting it back now, but I'd spent that whole big period of time not doing that, um, and I put it down to the fact that that was the problem. You know, like I hadn't surfed and I, I may be thinking too much and, you know, and again, like, it's like I said earlier, the psychology was coming in and it was just screwing me up. So when I, it was, yeah, it was the first thing I should have measured. You've got length, width, thitness. When, you know, when I learned, yeah. to, when I learned to, you know, to shape surfboards, length, width, thickness. And it's written on it. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't sell that board because it's not right. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but I wouldn't sell it anyway because it's that good a board. It, it deserves to be kept and, you know, um, I don't know, just, just used every now and again. I mean, the thing is, the brand new one I've got now feels exactly the same. You know, it, like, everyone, I, I think it's the fifth board of the same, of the, exactly the same dims of the same model I've had. Um, and they've all, not negatively, but they all behaved ever so slightly different for the first surf whilst I got used to it. I, like I said, different barrel raising, different blank, you know, different roller cloth, whatever, you know. 
different sounder, whether I sounded it or Alex Manning used to sound for me, sounded it, who knows. Um, but this, this new one feels exactly the same, which is wonderful, exactly what I needed. Um, but yeah, I was skipping around the factory when I worked out what it was. It was something that base rate. And that's what's so lovely about surfboards. I guess going back to it, like the, the best surfers on the planet ride that real basic, that real basic shape. It works. There's three fins in the bottom. It's got a pointed nose. It's got a rounded square tail, you know, and it just works. You know, now I'm all, I'm all, um, I'm all for, you know, experimentation and, and everything like that. Like, like the Tomo thing and that, because things have to go certain places, but it's just nice to know that that formula that came about then, it just works. You just kind of just tweaking it slightly. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I was surfing. Um, if I go by volume and not Dems, I was I was surfing, you know, for years like thirty three liters roundabout. Mm. Um, and like you say, I'm I'm thirty nine on Friday, um, and I'm still physically probably the same as I was maybe ten years ago, mm. um, if fit, obviously. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I just find because I don't get in the water so much or you know where I live in um, uh, by Exeter I'm an hour away right, and okay. it gets to it gets to a point from either the coast so the north coast mm. or my locals Croyd mm. or you know if the south coast is working come down to Bantham, Bantham yeah, yeah. so um, I, I find that when I'm riding shortboards it was just a little bit too much effort Right. So then I decided, you know what, let's just add a few leaders into it. So I now ride something that's around about 36. Right. And, you know, you're probably thinking, fuck me, that's a shitload of volume for somebody. Because I'm the same height as you, I'm 5'7". Mm -hmm. I'm 73, 74 kilos. So right. what's that? Um, about, about 11 stone-ish? Yeah, about yeah, stone Yeah, around yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. But it doesn't matter though, does it? Because like well, you just no, said, because you're, you're then going in the water... Um, and again, the stage of life you're at as well, you haven't got all day to piss ass around at the beach. You I want some waves, that's, that's you it. Want to get, exactly, exactly. And again, going back on it, not only are you catching more waves because of that extra bit of volume, you are getting back out quicker. So your wave count is up because you can paddle out quicker. Now, there comes a point where you know, a massive amount of foamex and stuff, you know, duck diving become, does become an issue and you lose a lot of energy from duck diving and stuff. But that little extra bit, it doesn't hold that much you know it doesn't doesn't push you back that much you can just force that thing down mm. a little bit further and you get them away in that surf you know i mean again the older you get the more um philosophical you are about it you know it's not about how the damn thing looks underneath your arm it's about how much yeah how big the grin is after you've had your i call it window surfing you know you have a window <laughs> to surf you whether it's one to two foot screaming on shore or if it's four to six foot and perfect offshore you've got that hour to surf and if you drag that board out of your van car, you know you're going to go out there and you're going to catch that many waves and you're going to have a really good time on it. It don't matter, does it? You know, that again, like that, that board that I have now with that extra eighth in it, um, it's actually also eliminated a need for like what we call a step up because it's, I'm so comfortable on that board. Um, I don't, I just, I'm just comfortable on it in one to two foot and right up until when you really need a bigger board. Is know? there such thing as a separate board anymore, though? I mean, unless you're going up to like your, up to your gun status. Exactly. You know, yeah. You, I mean, you look back in the 90s when um, yeah. Tom Curran rode, what was it, a 5'8 Fisher G-Land. Did yeah. you remember that video? Yeah. Well, yeah. everyone's seen the video Completely. footage. Yeah. And it's like 10, 12 foot barreling, mm. and he's on this little disc. Yeah. 
you yeah. know, and you know, again, talking about the pros and stuff, you've got guys that are surfing what five seven, five eight mm-hmm. at pipe, exactly. Which yeah, yeah. back in the day, I mean, I, I, I name dropping again. I when I interviewed um, Tom Carroll, yeah, he was surfing like seven six twos. eight seven yeah, yeah. twos yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. The, the magic pipe. Rawson that was the, the pink Rawson with the, with yeah. the swoosh, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, seven eights and that exactly because because that was what that was what was needed for how they were surfing back then. I actually had this conversation with someone yesterday, actually. Um, and it's about, um, it's, it's, a, it, it's horses for courses. You know, back along, Jerry Lopez was the king of pipeline, right? And he, you watch him surf and there were two ways about it. I mean, the guy is, he's lit, like he called it a cakewalk, didn't he? He is so relaxed. He's taking off, you know, you see it sort of feathers on second reef. He gets into it there because his board's like, three and a half inches thick, mm. flat decked, you know, with these big old D-rails and the things look a lot of volume. Um, and he comes swooping off the bottom, lovely great turn, single fin, so therefore the turn was completely different in a different part of the wave. He had to go a bit more, um, uh, a bit more out on the, on, the, on the flats a little bit more to come back in. But then over the thing went in, like he, like he called it a cakewalk, out it goes. Now you watch the boys at Pipeline, that they're, that you say, they're on much smaller boards. I think John John, just using him as an example, again, name dropping, I'm just dragging people out. I think his go-to is a 6-0. Yeah, and, and that's when it's solid, like really solid. Like, I'd be nervous having, you know, sitting on the beach with my kids when it's that late when I'm going in there, you know. But what they're doing is they're not paddling in when it's feathering at second reef. They're paddling in when the thing's breaking on first reef, when it's actually going some, you know, which is, it comes down to a ridiculous amount of skill and a ridiculous amount of conkers. You know, with those two combined, um, and with a shaper like John Pizel with him, those boys and Arakawas and, you know, and Tokoro, all, all the boys who are specialists in, in the pipeline board, you know, it, it, that board can then, can, it can allow that surfer to do that, like fall down the face, you know, and it, it's breaking over the back of them, you know, so it's, it's different horses for different courses. And, and it is as things, are, you know, as surfing, continues through the ages and so does the equipment and so forth and it's allowing you know both things are allowing them to do that you know both combined you know that conversation i was talking to you about earlier with uh, with devon howard yeah. when you went in to see brit merrick when they went into the factory they had all these old boards on there mm. you know they had you know the seven eights and then they had some six fives and then they had some short boards there and stuff and they'd been toying with a few shapes and he went in there and he went well, what happens if we took the, you know, the front of that board and then put the rails of the back end of that board mm. into one and then we mm. make it like a 6.5 or a 6.8 or a 7.0 yeah. and see what you do with that. And they played with it a little bit and that's where that CI MIDI right. came from. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, and like listening to him talking about it was really interesting because... You know, Channel Islands has been renowned really for shortboards, hasn't it? Really, yeah. I mean, you don't really hear there's no. a Channel Island longboard that comes out of that factory. Yeah. It's yeah. not no, and now it's because performance they, end, definitely. Yeah, but now because they've got that mid length, and we're talking about you know putting a bit of extra volume into the board. Mm. Well, now you're designing the board that is, you know, maybe for the midlife guy that's not into shortboarding, but yeah. he doesn't want to be seen as a coupon no, exactly. board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. That, and that's what they were looking at. And um, I mean, the guys on them boards especially the, the, the mid-lengths now, which is why I was asking about trends, mm-hmm. is I, th- I think from what I'm seeing from an outsider looking in, they're slowly becoming a little bit more popular as well. They're massively. You couldn't, I think if you, 
I think if you set a factory up and you were a, a decent shape and you set a factory up and you only made high performance surfboards, you wouldn't make a living. You, you wouldn't, you know, because um, there was the, there were, you know, the amount of people surfing now compared to even 10 years ago or 20 years ago is massive. Um, and not everybody fits into that category. You know, there was, it, like you say, back along when I started doing this, there was certain factories that specialised in the shortboard, there were certain factories specialised in the longboard. Um, and then that was also the type of place where um, you had one guy in a shaping room, one guy in a sanding room, one guy in a glass room and stuff. And just the nature of, of how it's um, trends and uh, just the way of the world, economy, this, that and the other, how things have gone. Um, things have changed quite a bit. I mean, there's, there's myself, um, I think I'm... Um, Adrian Phillips at Fluid Juice, again, he's been there since day dot. I think he started just after Nigel, you know. He's, you know, his isn't like that anymore. He's, you know, kept it to himself and he's doing his thing and he's doing, he's doing fine, you know. But you're absolutely right, you know, you can't, that's, when I started surfing, or actually just after I started surfing, you know, really there was, you fitted into one of three categories. You, were a, you, had, a, you, were, you had a longboard, you had a shortboard, or you had a minimal. And that was it. Now, it's, you know, everything is being explored. It, you know, absolutely everything for everyone. And that's the nice thing. Like you just said about taking Darren out saying, how about we took the tailor that to that? That's the nice thing. That's what you can do. You don't have to fit into that category anymore because you might not necessarily fit into that category. You might sit halfway between the two. It's not a problem because there are boards that, you know, look, there's boards that are sort of click and buy, you know, which, which is the way of the world at the moment, which is fine, which do cater, you know, the cater for that. Um, but then there's also like here, shameless plug, where you can come in the door and stand there and go, do you know what, I'm completely lost. I liked, I used to ride this and then I bought that and it didn't work for me. But I really like the look of this, even though it didn't work for me. So all it needs then is, because is, that's the thing, all I've got to do is find out how much foam somebody needs underneath them, right? And then I can kind of get all that foam into the shape of the surfboard that they want to run down the beach with and they want to surf. Let's yeah. talk about that a little bit. So let's let's just say Joe Average comes through your door. Mm-hmm. What's the sort of questions that, that you're going to ask somebody when they when they come forward to kind of you know start giving your recommendations kind for of, stuff? First thing, um, the recommendation thing comes way 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 at the end. It's all um, it's all about listening to start with. You know, um, you the first thing I say to someone is like, well, where are you at? Um, and the second question is, where do you want to go with it? You know, because that way you can kind of get a good idea of, it eliminates a lot, you know, it eliminates a lot of questions. You mean, you know, like, well, I'm doing this, but I'm here, but I'm really struggling with this. And then straight away, you're looking at um, Avenue A, Avenue B, you know? Um, and then, like I said, you, you then quickly, very quick, actually, because it, it's the nature how my business is built on the custom thing. Um, you can arrive at, uh, arrive at um, pretty much what we're at um, pretty quickly. Um, like I said, you know, it's, it's just about listening. And what's, what I do say to people as well is if they, I mean, I, I take lots of orders all over the phone and into it because internet, because, you know, people aren't local, you know, like, and they, they, you know, and I have to send them here and there. So you, you can do it, no problem at all. But what I will say to people is that, can you just send a photo of the boards you're riding? I mean, I don't mean just to see what boards they've been riding, but also you can see their, what I call their Turin shroud on their board, you know, their dirty wax mark, you know? Um, and you can see, you know, um, you see kind of where they've been laying and then you can see footprint, you know, you see their heel prints and where they've been on the board. You can tell if someone's back-footed, front-footed, you know, this and the other. Um, 
and also and you know what they have been riding and what they had in the past that they really really liked that's what i say to people that you know just in between now and coming in or next time you email me or ring me just jot everything down make yourself a little note what you liked what dimensions it was um, what you didn't like about it because there's always going to be something you don't like about something it might be very very minor but if you can iron it out iron it out you know um yeah and then, then again like i said it is just getting to that point where i say to them well what do you want it to look like you know there's certain you know because you can you know you, you can have uh you can make a five foot eight fish massively voluminous you can I mean, it can kind of look a bit ugly if they're too thick and so forth because the, you know some boards you can some boards will expand you can stretch them without them looking funky and squash them without looking funky some boards don't you know some lend themselves to that some don't but then that's when you start you know i, I come from the you know, from the um running I mean, you can see on the walls there there's templates everywhere you know um, and there's two planers down that side of the factory and there's you know there's, uh, that's where i come from you know electric planers and and hand tools now yes okay we i do use a shaping machine now because again that's the way things are gone you're having holding you know having models that people um, can read up about and try to sit themselves into a category um what they you know what they think or just like the outline i like that you know and what that blurb says oh that's what i like so it, straight away having that you know the models thing has um has eliminated limit eliminate mm, eliminated sorry some of the questions that, that that you have to ask in the shaping shaping room which you couldn't before you had your templates lined up there and the the, the ordering process was slightly longer um but yeah and so yeah i mean if, if things are you know you, you then have to well i do because i like to do it get the plane around and sort of whip the plane around on a few get a blank and, and you know uh, and cut things out leave things in you know this thing because it's you're trying to, i'm trying to make someone happy you know my job is it's it's a lovely thing but my job isn't necessary i make i make something that makes someone happy that's a lovely thing you know there's not many people who can do that for you know for, for their living but i do so I would literally bend over backwards, you know, because they've put, I don't know how long they've been saving that money for. You know, this could be some kid who's been saving for his paper round money for three years. Here he walks in that door, it's just, it's so, you know, I, I don't care who you are, I'll bend over backwards. And, and I will put everything I possibly can into that surfboard to hopefully get an email in a month's time saying like, yes, that thing's so good, you know. Um, and it's just like I said at the start, it's about listening, you know, not leaping in and going, ah, this is what you need, you know. I then say like, well, what about this? And then it's like, well, yeah, I kind of like that, but what about that? And then you bounce those questions around and then you, you come to a, you know, you come to a, very, very quickly you come to a, um, a decision and then you can, you know, just look at a couple of different dimensions around, you know. It, it, it's making me smile when you're talking about I I make I make people's happiness, and and it, and it, and it is really true as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I never I never really thought of it like that. No, I, that was load. I shan't say someone said this to me. It's a mate of mine loaded that onto my shoulders a while ago, um, about a year a year or so. Ago. That could go two ways. Yeah. though kind of you could be uh, like, do you know what? That's amazing that I'm yeah. doing that for somebody. Or, or it's just stressing. That's you. a shitload of pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like I said, that kid he might have been saving for three years, yeah. you know, and he's never had a new board before, or not just kiddie, it might just some bloke who's you know 
Do you know what? He slogged his guts out. You know, every month he's put a tenner away because he's got kids to feed. He's got a mortgage, isn't the other, and he's put a tenner away. Exactly. Now, uh, uh, that was a, a friend of mine who said that to me. He's got a few years older than me, and that, that was actually your reaction. There was my initial reaction. Oh my God, don't say that to me because I hadn't <laughs> thought of it that way before. But once I've digested it, I thought actually, no, that is really, really nice. Um, but yeah, and also when they when they turn around and, and and leave, I want them to leave kind of like yeah, like really pumped. You know, they've got a bit of dust on their shoulder. You know, they can they've got a bit of mm. smell of resin in their lungs, and you know, because um, they've just entrusted me with the big thing. You know, it's not a pair of football boots. Look you can get 50 people down the street who play football where that's a pair of boots and they're yeah, cool just different sizes you know but a surfboard is a no matter if you know going into the argument of you know machining and, and whatever it's still a hallowed object isn't it do you know what I mean oh, yeah. you know, like any bar you go in that's anywhere near the ocean there'll be a surfboard on the wall it's like a painting isn't it no mm. paint unless unless you um you take you have like the different photos from the picture you've painted mm. but let's say for instance you hand painted the same picture mm. over and over again no single painting is ever going to be the no. same and, no, and, and no and I'll, I'll add in that as well no two even CNC'd board is the same they, there's always like, a, like I kept saying a different barrel of resin three different trees probably that the, 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 the stringer was built out of you know if it's got three Flies in it, whatever. Everything they're they're not the same, mm. you know. Even if um, a guy is you know is in production and he came in in the morning and there's ten boards for him to shape, which are the same model, the same size for whichever company, um, they will be slightly different. They will, you know, because there's just you know, yeah, he might have gone off a cup of tea or a slash halfway through shaping one, and then when he comes back, he started the rail slightly different. There will be differences, and not just the differences in the guy shaping it. There's the guy glassing it. There's the guy sanding it. There's the guy spraying it. Then, like I said, there's all the un, the, the un, the completely uncontrollable factors: the stringer, the roller cloth, the barrel of resin. You know the, exactly. There is that. They are that thing that are. I love them. Do you know what I mean? I I don't have like an addictive personality sort of thing I find my 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 main things in my life my sporting wise is surfing skateboarding and speedway now I don't ride speedway uh, I was born to a woman who never let me have motorbikes and then I married a woman who never let me have motorbikes so watching motorbikes is okay with me you know yeah. um, but those you know those three things I absolutely I love I absolutely love them but there comes a point if I skate loads and loads and loads I'm okay with not skating for a week because I've skated loads, you know, and it's like, yeah, okay. Same with surfing. If I, you know, don't get me wrong, if I was in a different stage of my life, I would sh I would surf every day, twice a day. But I think after maybe a month of that, I think, yeah, okay. And I'd go back on the skateboard. Or, and by the end of the speedway season, it's been a very, very short one this year, obviously, but by the end of the speedway season, I'm sad to see the final meeting, watch the final meeting, but I think, okay, cool. And, and the way I look at that is speedway is a summer thing. Surfing is more a winter thing for me because um, I can get I can get in a bit more. You know, summertime there isn't there's not as much surf. You know, the the Atlantic's like a lake a lot of the time. You know? Yeah. So I can tire sort of quite. I can tire quite quickly, but I don't tire of my job. I don't tire of surfboards. I never have done. I've never come in here and gone. Oh my god! And then walked out. I never have. You, you can know? tell because you really. 
really passionate about about talking about it. You seem like you know if someone starts talking to you about it, even if they know nothing about it. No, it seems like you could just talk for ages yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. There, are, there has been certain times where <laughs> I've been. You go out for a couple of beers or something, and it has crossed my mind that the only thing people have talked to me about is surfboards. Um, which is fine. It's okay. It's a good conversation conversation start. I get that, but yeah, you know. But I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I I love them. I really, really love them. And I used to teach when they had the surf science degree at the university, and I used to teach them to. Yeah, you know, they they shaped a board with me, and you know, I built a board with me. And I remember what I used to do is I get them to sort of loosely turn the rail with a surf form. So you had you, know, you had the you know, the hard edge where right, your fins, and then like rolling in into a softer rail up to the nose and stuff. And I would always put the board on its rail in the stands, and I'd get the student to stand at the back end of the shaping with me and go, "Look at that!" And nine times out of ten, they'd get it. They'd get what I was showing them. Just the the like. The, the the marriage between the the deck the the deck roll of the rail marrying into the way the roll rolls up, the the deck the rail rolls up from the bottom and it goes down and into the from the tail into the mid part of the rail and then up it goes up into the nose and it's all this fluid you know there's no straight edges on it there's no straight spots on it you know unless you have a, a chopped square of surfboard which there aren't many models available which have a chopped square I think that's that neck beard by channel lines but that's probably the only surfboard which has got a straight edge in it you know they just don't they've got, it's all this fluid and how I've built my business and because of when I started my business and my age and so forth I could see that as things were going to progress the imports and so forth of that I thought if I can be a shaper and a glasser and a sander and a sprayer and a finner and a finisher I shouldn't ever be out of work you know, um, and because of that, and again, like I said about, you know, surfing, skateboarding and speedway, I think because of that, I'm never bored at work because I, I hop from room to room. I've got five rooms in here. You know, I hop from room to room um, because I'm doing it all, you know, and I think, I think, do you know, what? I reckon if I was just in a shaping room and I was just, let's, we call it fluffing, just fluffing boards off of the machine, like just generic models for a company whatever. I think I probably would tire after a while you know but I don't because I deal with custom and I speak to people and I can iron faults out with people and they tell me where they're at where they want to go and then I can they say and this is the picture I want on it you know and then I can go and get loads of masking tape out and pop guns and throw paint around for a bit and then I can go and put the strength on the board you know in the laminating room and that's you know that's I really like glass and it's a weird thing to say but um I was taught, I could glass before. Here's another story. Um, there's a guy, you probably heard of him, his name's Phil Northey. Yep. Yeah, right, big Phil. Um, I went and worked at a factory in Bodmin. Um, I was offered a job there, and at the time, uh, things were just kind of a bit sticky with surfboards in general. Like the, the custom thing wasn't a massive thing, and lots of boards, like all the mini miles were imported from Thailand and China, so you, you never really made any of those because they were so cheap. and. And I got offered this job at this factory in Bodmin. And I said, yeah, cool, let's do it. Because it kind of got me out of um, running a business, you know, the, the weight on my shoulders. And I thought, just the, I thought this was the way forward. Um, so I went up there and um, I, they said, you know, 
obviously we know you, you know you can shape in there but you know you can sand kind of said yeah yeah and they said, you can glass so when you, i said yeah i can throw resin around you know i can laminate to a degree a big feels like bearing in mind i'm five seven and big feels kind of the size of that door if you put fill in that door where there's not a lot of light comes in um and he looked at me and he said you can glass can't you and i said yeah kind of he said forget it it's my way of the highway and i, I it, it was straight like that and I'm stood there like David and Goliath, sort of, you know, looking at him. I was like, yeah, all right, whatever. Um, so that's how it was. And he said, I remember him saying to me, he said, as long as I've been glassing that, he said, I hate resin. I don't want it on me. And I said, yeah, good point. He said, I might have the odd drip on my shoe. He said, but I hate it. I don't want it on me. He said, I could glass in a tux. I went, okay, nice one. And then I watched him glass, and it was just, because of how I did it before, I guess you'd look at it sort of hand-fisted, you know, it's getting resins going everywhere, there's fibres coming out the cloth and it's going everywhere and that. Phil was literally just like, around this board, like, nose to tail, just a little bit of, little bit of resin on the, on his gloves, you know, and he'd just get off, you know, strip it with his, you know, the other, the other fingers down the squeegee, get rid of it, boom, boom, all the, all the laps are up. And it was, all you could see was glistening fibreglass, there was no pools, no drips. Glistening fibre, he's like, there you go. And I was like, right, okay, let's do it then. Um, we very quickly worked out that he was left-handed and I'm right-handed, so we cut differently. Um, we, sort of, we work, but even today, if we if you stood us in, in a glassing room and he had a stand next to me, we would do exactly the same thing, only the opposite way around the board because he's left-handed and I'm right-handed. Um, he actually, once we were at a big rush job on and we had to get all these boards out and he said, right, you do the cutouts and I'm going to start glassing as we go. It's fine, no problem. So I'm pulling cloth and get all these boards, you know, cutting everything out. And I hear this huge, uh, coming out of his respirator, these expletives coming out. <laughs> oh no, you know, he's not going to get pulverized. And I turned and he went, what are you doing? But he was kind of joking because when you snip the, the cloth at the end, you put like a little V, little delta in the end at the nose just to sort of, so you can get the laps up cleanly. I'd cut it the right-handed man's way, whereas he always cut it the left-handed man's way because the way it worked around the board. He was joking, but because it was muffled, and I thought, oh, no. And little things like that made, sort of knocked me into shape because I didn't want to, I, I wanted to impress the bloke. You know, I've, I've completely respected, because, you know, my whole surfing life, I've known that, this guy, he, he used to glass for Nigel Simmons for Donkey's Years, and that's where he, you know, he had his own glassing logo on the bottom of Nigel's boards. I knew who the guy was, and I wanted to impress him. I, and moreover, I wanted to be like him. You know, I wanted to wanted to glass that. And I remember he put sand coats on, and they were so smooth. It laid it laid so damn smooth over these boards. It actually made me giggle. I went. I remember going, Jesus, Phil, because the light was coming in the window. And it was just, you could just see that the, that the wax shimmering on the, like the wax and stone shimmering on the sand coat. And it was as smooth as a baby's ass, it really was. And I sort of giggled, I went, Jesus, and he went, he said, yep, that's how it's done. And he was scared, he could tell he was like, yeah, it was shit, you know, yeah, this is how it's done, boy. Um, but very quickly, he was um, very, very, very helpful to me, very helpful and massively instrumental and what goes out of my factory now you know I, I that's how I I'd seen people laminating that before but the way these things looked that's how I wanted them to look you know and like I said if even now when I haven't worked with Phil for I think it was 2000 2005 I think um I'd, I still did the same thing, you know, and, and I completely agree with him. Resin is really good fun. You, resin and fiberglass, you can do a multitude of things with. You really can. But you don't want it on you. 
you really don't. And again, going back to the port, the other students, and I taught them, they just lagged in it, you know. And I just like how I said to them, like, how can you get that much risen on you? Now, other than laying underneath it, yeah. But you just it's just so it's alien. It's an, you know, it, it, it's. It's a skill, isn't it? Yeah, and, it, and it's one of those things. It is a skill, but it's doing it. It's repetition over and over again. Because if you've got, if you've got a squeegee, what, what we laminate boards with, if you've got a squeegee and it's upside down, you know, and you're sticking a, a lap up underneath the board, and you've got resin on that squeegee, it's going south. Gravity acts on it. But very quickly, without even looking, you know how long you've got before that resin gets to your glove. Because when it gets to your glove, you can't grip. And you, you know, cramps. So you, you best off just stopping quickly, cleaning up. And but yeah, and these are, these are things that you don't, you can't, you can't be taught them. You know, it's just repetition. And very quickly, I can, I not blowing smoke, but I could stand in now and talk to you, and I could keep complete eye contact, and I could stick the whole laptop on the board because you, you you can you can feel what you're doing through whatever tool you're using. And it's the same with anyone else who does anything else you know, for their living. I, I'm, not, I'm not one in a million. There's millions of blokes like me who do something with their hands. Um, and it's just like plasterous. You know, a guy's just skimmed the extension, the seam in my extension. It's massive. It's, you know, it's this massive great thing. And I said, you're doing that in a one, aren't you? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I said, you, you, are you, you know, do you get on the stilts? And I said, no. No, and he had a, a, like a stool, like a little set of steps. And he, he was chatting to me whilst he's throwing mud on the ceiling. And it's not a drip anywhere because he knows it's going to stay because he's done it that amount of times. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, listening to, you know, being under Big Field's wing was frightening, <laughs> but wonderful. And I, I make a point of, of bringing that up because lots of people have said to me, oh, yeah, you, you, there's... The finishing your boards, it, it, it's wonderful. And I think had I maybe if I'd have carried on laminating the way I was laminating before, who knows? It might not, you know, it might not be that way. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. So let's go a little bit back. So were you born in Plymouth? No, no, no. I was born in Hartford in Hertfordshire. Oh, really? Yeah, I was one of. So you're a mainlander like me then? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> blowing. Yeah, yeah. No, I would, apparently I was one of the final babies born in Hearts County Hospital. Um, fame? Yeah, I not really, but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. My brother and I were both born in, in the hospital in Hartford there, and um, but yeah, then um, but mum and dad, um, when mum and dad met, they were youth hostelers, and their thing with their best friends, who's my godmother and, and my godfather, who, who left us a long time ago, he had a brain hemorrhage, breath, bless him. But their thing was down here. Um, so by the time me and my brother were born, my brother's two years older than me, uh, by the time me and my brother was born, um, the Southwest was just etched in mum and dad's psyche every day. You know, at every available opportunity, they would be in the Talbot Samba and down the highway, you know, because um, dad worked for Peugeot's. Um, and it's just, you know, you, you'd, you'd be sitting at school and even junior school, I, I can remember, I can remember thinking about my these little set of blue flippers that mum and dad bought me when I was really, really little. And I can remember, I can still remember the smell of the rubber, you know, and I'd be sitting at school thinking about them. And when we had to do like writing and stuff like that, nine times out of 10, I'd write about being at the beach because it was so, you know, summer holidays and holidays down there, it was right down at Land's End, were, it was just so incredible. It was, 
you could seriously you could have flown me to the other side of the planet um, and I wouldn't have been any more excited than I was about going down there um, and it, and it just it just stuck every time there was any time off we, we were in the car down there and then my brother and I got old enough to learn to drive cars and we were out of there you know and um, and, and it's surfing and the sea has kind of dictated everything you know it's, it's a bit how did you find it? Did you just go down on holiday one day and then you saw some guys in the water and like look kind of like me? Yeah. What the f- what yeah, is yeah. what is that? No, no, what it was um, when we were little, uh, when we were down, you know, we, what we would do as a family, there's a tiny, tiny, tiny little cove called Porthkawara, which mm-hmm. is um, it's uh, it's the next one along from Porthkerno, where the Minek Theatre is, yeah. and that's where. Mum and Dad, that's where their base was in the summer. We'd, we'd stay just up in, in the campsite, the Tower Farm in St. Burian. And we'd go to the beach there. Um, and it's got really, 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 really high cliffs in a really tiny little cove. And Mum and Dad bought me and my brother. They were, mine was called a skimmer, and my brother's was a king surfer, the polystyrene belly boards. Um, and at about, I think at about sort of four o'clock in the afternoon, the sun would go because it'd go over the cliff, over west, um, and then we would, whereas we got like a little bit older, like I'd sort of, you know, maybe six and eight or something, they said, well, should we go over to Senan because you can, you can go surfing? Because what we were doing then, we were putting our boards, because you know, Porthgawara faces east, you know, it, it's, it's never going to get any swell, it, it faces east. So it was always dead calm, it was super, super um, safe for families, you know, and you know, kiddies tilling around in the water and stuff like, like we were. And what we would do, we would put our boards in six inches of water pointing out to sea. Then we would run down the beach at the boards and jump on them and skim out to sea because there was no surf, there was no way of even bailing in a little bit of a wave because there was never any waves. So that's what we would do. And then obviously mum and dad thought, well, if they want to they do that, why didn't when the sun goes, why don't we go over there? So that's what they would do. They would take us over to Senen, um, which seemed like there was, there, was, there was always waves there, you know, for, you know, for a four, five, six-year-old um, in a pair of, you know, pair of trunks, there was always waves. So they'd take us over there, and Dad would stand sort of up to his knees, straight waist, and, and, and push us in, and that was it. Then I can really remember, I can really, really remember then watching like lifeguards run up and down the beach, um, and then if you walk out, if you go off um, towards um, the lifeboat, um, Senan, the way the road and the path bends around, you you're kind of in the lineup. You know, you can look down towards Gwenva, and you're you're kind of from 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 where you're situated yeah, right, there, yeah, yeah. across the Gwenva, you're kind of in the lineup. You're looking across the sea, and as you're walking up there, you could see these these men, these lifeguards, these these men, and they were right out the back. You know, waves weren't breaking. They were they were paddling into these things before they were breaking. And like I said, to a little tiny fellow in a pair of skiffs that size, they yeah, these waves were huge. And in it, it complete. That was it. I, I remember just sort of hanging onto the railing, just staring, thinking, "Wow, wow, yeah, wow." We and that, that honestly, that's that was it. That was the vision. That's all I needed. That was that's what was happening. Um, and it literally escalated from there. Um, and they were selling off uh, rental boards down at Senan there, um, like they were pop outs. Then um, they had like, they were, I think they were six foot or six two. They had single fins in them. They had a wing and a round tail. Um, they were really big and thick. And they were death traps, really. That's why you, you can't rent things like that anymore. It's kind of death traps. And they had bungee cord leashes, too, which makes it even more of a death trap. 
and dad, mum and dad bought us one of those each. I remember they were 50 pounds each. And dad fixed them up for us and then we designed a spray and then dad sprayed them for us. And that was our first, that was our first surfboards. And we had them for years because they, they were, we could catch, well, I could catch, as long as the water was deeper than that single fin, I could catch a wave on it because it was so thick and I was so small. Um, and that was it done. It was, that was all that we, and, and then skateboarding happened about well, before then, but skateboarding went along with, with surfing. And like I said, it's, it's pretty much driven, pretty much driven my whole life, you know? And, and I, I do remember being, I don't know how old I was, but I, was, I was, must have been in my teens, early teens. And dad, like I said, dad worked for Peugeot and he really, really didn't like it. And I remember, I, I'm, I'm sure I have a memory of being stood in this garage with him and he said something along the lines of, you gotta kind of work out what it is you wanna do when you, you know, when you get older, you've got to at least half enjoy it because you're there for a long time. And it stuck in my head. And then when it kind of, kind of come around to getting a job, um, that's still stuck in my head, you know? Um, and yeah, but it, yeah, then mum and dad taking me and Dan on holiday every well, sort of three, three or four times a year. Um, that was it done. You know, thank you. Thank you to my mum and dad, really. Yeah, yeah. Your dad seems quite a wise person because that's quite some. Even though it's you know a couple of sentence statement, mm. you know that philosophy is pretty. I don't much... think it was philosophical. Is that he just absolutely hated his mechanic job? <laughs> well, but he had to do it because he had a mortgage, two kids. But if you think about it, these days, you know, you've got people like Jordan Peterson and and Tim Robbins, and if you listen to the way that they talk about people being unhappy, they're like mm. that. Well. You don't need to be unhappy. Just go and do something that you enjoy doing. Just because you, you think that you're stuck in a dead-end job. Let, let's just say, for instance, you work in a factory. And they, I'll give you an example my personal experience. One of my first jobs was working for Pilkington Automotive. And what I did was I took out a, um, some windscreens from one pallet, put some felt on the ones that were in another so that they didn't break. So I took it out of one pallet, put it into another, right. put the felt things on, did that. Shittest job on the planet, but I did it. Mm. But my point being is that if somebody does that for years and years and years, say 10, 20 years, then I, in my personal opinion, you're never going to be happy doing that. There's always going to be something that you think, I could do that. But then from what your dad was saying, well, don't stick doing that. Do something that you enjoy mm. doing and then you're going to be, you know, mm. a little bit more fulfilled and, you know, hence doing what you're doing now. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. He did in the end. He, he, he canned it in the end because I think it went so computer-based, you know, that the, um, you know, it went, he did his apprenticeship on Morris Miners and he said the first thing you did was open the bonnet and get in it, like around the engine. You got in there because you could, there's all space around the engine, you could see the floor and then you got in it and you, took out what you needed with the, with the span. Um, and it got, it, as time went along, you know, cars now, you open the bonnet and it's a big plastic box that you plug into a diagnostic, isn't it? And, and that's not dad, you know, he's a mechanic. And it started, that's how it was going. And he was just, anyway, but he, like you said, he, he did something about that and he finished his work in life driving a curtain cider for a timber company, which he absolutely loved. You know, he was out on the road and, you know, he had his lunch, you know, he, I don't think a lot of them know, but he had you know, nodded off on a park bench now and again or in the van or something like that, you know, at lunchtime. 
you know, and that was, you know, a cracking way to finish his, his working life, you know. But, yeah, exactly. But that sort of, yeah, it has stuck around because I've done a lot of jobs um, leading up to, to this and stuff where you need money. you got, you know, in, if you, the longer you sit on your ass, the longer it's going to be before someone gives you any of it. You've got to do something for money, haven't you? It's just the way of the world, unless you're... Unless you're born with a silver spoon up your ass or, or whatever, you know, you, that's how it is. You need, you know, yeah. you've got to do, you've got to do these things, like you said about your felt and that. You know, I've, I've done stuff that I think oh, to drag yourself in there to do, but I got paid at the end of it, and it's gotten me. You know, it gets you to the to an end, doesn't it? But yeah, um, I've, yeah, I, I've, uh, well, I, I guess you could throw a lot of risk into it. Um, I kind of knew what I wanted to do. Um, and I stuck at it. And there was a point, there honestly, honestly was a point a few years ago where I was really, really hell-bent on it. But the amount of effort and energy and the time I was putting into it didn't reflect my wage. Um, and my wife, bless her, she sort of said, like, you know, if, if it's really what you want to do, then you've got to keep doing it. But if it's going to start, you know, if, if it's going to start worrying you or, or stressing you and stuff like that, because... You know, there comes a point where yeah, to start with you're like, yeah, it's great. I make surfboards, but then after a very you know short amount of time, when you're whatever it is you're doing, if you're if you're doing it to make a living and and you're you're going ten to the dozen um, and you're not really seeing a lot at the end of it, you've got to make the decision. Um, and I think I, I don't really think I made a decision. I think just things I re-engineered slightly, um, restructured, sorry, slightly and. It was all right, you know. Um, but no, there was. I can't. Yeah, I knew what I wanted to do, and it would have been a real shame if it didn't really come to fruition. Um, because you're always going to do better at something you want to do, aren't you? You know. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm. I, I'm a fortunate. I'm a fortunate bloke. I do. I, Sunday nights, I think, cool. Oh, what's on tomorrow? Rather than like, oh shit, I've got to go to work tomorrow. You know. And that's a beautiful thing, right there. Yeah. There's yeah. not many people that no, can no, say that, not. you know. No, there's not. No, 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 no. no. No, don't get me wrong. If I won the lottery tomorrow, I probably wouldn't come in five days a week. Mate, I'll be in the, I'll, I'll be in the boat in Maldives somewhere like that. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But no, I don't. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, um, you know, strap my arms to my waist, and I'll never earn another penny. So therefore, I'm always going to have to do something. Um, you know, that involves getting covered in some form of shit. Um, but the form of shit I get covered in now, I'm perfectly happy with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's what so we've been going for now. There's one thing I want to kind of finish finish up on, and it's it's more of like uh, I, I watched. Do you remember the uh, surf the documentary the surfer that came out? No. Have you have you never, have you never seen that? I'll, I'll give you the link to it. Yeah, after. please. Do. I, yeah. It, it's like one of the most cringeworthy beginner surf documentaries. Oh, no. It's like a, really? someone's made fun of it. Really, uh, is it a parody then, or is it meant to be? A, bit, a little bit of both. It's basically like this guy's middle-aged. He's got some kids, like we've been talking about. And um, Oh, yeah. hang on. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and that's what I was just about to talk about, because I'm pretty sure... It, it's it was filmed at Bantham. Yeah, and he uh, doesn't he come to your door? Yes. And he knocks on the door, and he's like, uh, you know... Um, He's my shaper and, like, you know, he's my best friend. And he's knocking on the door and he's like that, hello? <laughs> and you don't open the door. <laughs> yeah, I do. How could I have forgotten about that? Do you yeah, remember I do. that? I th- I, do you know what? When you, when you look at me like that, I was kind of going, yeah. It, it's, it's not Luke. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't it was. Luke. 
Do you remember that? I do remember it. Did you ever watch it? I think I only watched a bit. Honestly, <laughs> honestly. I, I, I loved it because wow. it was so... That was quite a while ago, huh? Yeah, yeah it yeah. must have been, yeah. And uh, it was the most cringeworthy thing I've ever yeah, seen. I do remember that now. <laughs> it was called The Surfer. If you, if, you, if you watch it on YouTube and you Google it, it's... Uh, yeah, completely gone to been filed away somewhere. Uh, so uh, I, I thought I'd ask you about it because I just remember, because the first time I came here, um, I didn't realise that he'd it been filmed here because it was the door by the garage. You know, I don't had. I don't think I had anything to do with that either. Did you know? I think that must have been like on the middle of a day on a Sunday or oh, something. Well, you wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. That didn't bother me. You know, it's free advertising. But obviously, it? But, yeah. it, it was so funny because I was like, "Did he have a hand in it or not?" No, I, I, I didn't. I, I don't know. No, that was nothing to do with because it. Because honestly, he comes up to the door and he knocks on the door and he's like that. He's talking to the camera saying, "Yeah, he's blowing it, smoke." You know, he's, yeah, yeah. He, he's my best friend, and uh, you know, we talk all the time. On the, on the phone about shaping boards and this and he comes up to the door and he yeah, knocks on no, and they, they were to the door and he's like yeah. oh mate this like, is so yeah. bad that must have been like I said must have been on a Sunday or something because I, <clears throat> I I had nothing to do with that you'll have to watch it again it's, I will I'll watch it from behind the couch huh? it is peering over the top it's just sort of like oh please just stop it's like watching the in-betweeners or something yeah, like yeah. that yeah, please, yeah. <laughs> it was amusing, oh, but please, please stop. It's just hurting now. Yeah, yeah, no, I do remember that. Yeah, absolutely. No, for sure. Mate, yeah. um, I know you're busy. I'll leave it there because we've just been doing over an hour. I appreciate your time. And, no, no, uh, no, thanks no for talking Thank you. No, thanks a lot. It's good. Yeah, it's, good. Uh, it's actually good to. Like I said, I, I, you know, I, it's very summer. So the other day, it's very solitary, isn't it? And I guess well, sort of it is, but I'm so busy, it's sort of not solitary. But every now and again, when you do get a chance to chat and stuff, because you are. Doing it, you're whittling away, you know, doing your own thing, and then you go home, coming the next day. No, it is, no thank you. It's nice to to break break the week up and that. But yeah, awesome. It's nice to nice to get a voice, as people say. Huh? Yeah. Well, the effect, and you know, as you nicely explained, was you're providing happiness to people. Yeah. Um, your boards, and when I'm talking to people. Um, especially like in North Devon because that's primarily where I surf and you yeah. know they sing your praises no end up there and you know I think that's just well, I chuck up to you really yeah. there you go have a military chuck up <laughs> thank you from a sergeant in the military Amazing. have a chuck up yeah I'll get a pin a badge on for that yeah one. I'll that's give awesome. you a star sticker later <laughs> what, it, what it is though and you saying about that what and this is complete I'm, I'm not um oh well yes you see that's how things are so it's got to be that for me it's spent it's being um, coming into this as as a, as a kiddie, compared to like you know Nigel Simmons and you know and, and like Big Phil and, and all the boys above and Johnny Purton who are older than me and have been doing it a lot longer and stuff, it was coming into the industry and being uh, being frightened basically um, because you're the underdog, you know, and then spending so many years being the underdog um, and having to make sure that every T was crossed and you know every I was dotted, yeah, everything was as good as it could be. So you could eliminate any way that someone can write you off because that's just the nature, of, you know, isn't it? You know, that's, there's forums now. It's even forums for everything now. It's even, it's even harder. But it's a case of being frightened and worried in that, which has made me, and people point, picking holes because you, you only learn by getting things wrong. You know, if you're getting things right all the time, you're not learning. Um, so that's where that's come from. And I, and I really, really like that. I, I'm thankful to that. And I'll, I'll dine out on that one. That's because that's, you know, that's, it's almost worth being worried for that long. You know, if people are 
sing him a praise of that. Then, like my, as they say, my work here is done, you know, and I'll, I'll carry on with it. Yeah, I'm not going to say more because your trousers might come off and yeah. be a bit inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. My head's big enough. I yeah. need to get out the door at some point. No, no, thank you. That, that, I really, 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 really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate your time, mate. And thanks for coming on the Grumpy Surfer podcast. No problem. Thank you. And that's it. If you're enjoying the podcast, please like, share and subscribe on your podcast provider. And also follow the Grumpy Surfer on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.